0: Sorry, I feel a bit um, a bit too high up here, actually, but anyway, hope that's all right. Um, I, I, was, I wasn't going to do this, but uh, it would be good to just to read the account of the Ascension. Today is a she- a- Ascension Day. Easy for you to say, you might think. Ascension Day. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus has uh, told the disciples that... Uh, um, in verse 7, it's not for you, because they'd asked him a question about the kingdom being restored to Israel, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. A cloud hid him from their sight. Remember when the, the transfiguration, the presence of God came, there was like a cloud that came down. That's what happened. What about what happened next? What happened on the other side of that? Well, uh, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel had a vision in uh, chapter 7 and he saw in his vision, uh, chapter 7 verse 13, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man, Coming with the clouds of heaven. Now we sometimes think about that being the second coming, don't we? Think about that of Jesus coming back. But look at where this one is coming to. He approached the ancients of ancient of days. This one that's coming with the clouds of heaven approaches the ancient of days, and look what happens. He was led into his presence, he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So uh, a friend of mine, I saw him the other day, he said, have you ever thought about that? And uh, so this isn't original to me, but this idea, you've got the cloud Jesus goes into, and Daniel tells you, it kind of has a picture of him coming out of the cloud the other side. going right to the father's presence and being given authority power given that kingdom that cannot be taken away and that's really uh, where we are thinking this evening because what i really wanted to look look at is in ephesians 1 which you can find on page 1173 but hold that idea that thought that truth of of jesus being exalted given authority power and glory as the ascended king through the clouds as it were into the Very presence of God so verse uh, 15 of Ephesians 1 page 1173 for this reason ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the Saints I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better i pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in christ when he raised him from the dead That's Jesus, the ascended Jesus uh, at the right hand of the Father. Now, I just want to spend about 10 minutes, quarter of an hour, max, ideally, um, just reflecting on these verses here. Um, Last two Sundays, if you've been in church uh, on Sunday mornings, um, and later on as we pick up the series, uh, what we're thinking about Sunday mornings came out of uh, one of our prayer times, one of the uh, monthly days of prayer and fasting, uh, when we were struck o- on one evening by the challenge of, of being in a place as God's people to receive what God has promised, to be able to kind of go into what he's promised. And, and uh, that's partly why we're doing this series um, on Sunday mornings, or we will do after the next two weeks. And, and already, I think, what's really struck me, and I hope it's come across as well, is that our hearts are key to all of this. Our hearts, where we are with the Lord, where we are kind of deep in our very being, where we can't hide, where we can't pretend, where we, we are what we are before God, uh, uh, the heart is very crucial. The state of our hearts matters. Uh, and the main lesson in the New Testament, as we saw on Sunday, that came out of the crisis in the desert was that we need to watch our hearts. You know, Hebrews 3 and 4. Be careful, there says, an unbelieving heart that leads you away from the living God, like what happened to those guys in the desert. And um, this passage we've just read also has that focus on the heart. Paul's prayer, verse 17, he's praying that they will know Christ better. And that, for Paul, is the point of everything, isn't it? That I might know him. In Philippians 3, he says... I want to know Jesus, and I want to know him well, and I want to know him better. And there's nothing more important to me, says Paul the Apostle, than knowing him. It's more important than anything else. All my reputation, my gifts, my kind of history, my talents, my baggage, whatever it is that makes me me, is nothing compared to the excellence, the surpassing worth, he says, of knowing Jesus, my Lord. So that's the kind of focus here. His prayer for the Ephesians and and for us, because it's there in Scripture, is that we might know him better. And he prays that the eyes of their hearts may be enlightened. He wants them to see clearly with their hearts. And we need that too, don't we? Well, I do. I can only speak for myself. I suspect I'm not the only one in the room like that we need heart eyes to see clearly for, t- for us to know him better someone's once said that 18 inches doesn't seem very long does it doesn't seem very far but it's actually the most difficult journey to make because uh, it's the journey from here to here about 18 inches but it can take a lifetime to get the truth into our hearts, we're to really begin to, to, to kind of be embraced by us, where we're not hiding, where we're ourselves before God, as it were. And like the Ephesians, we need that more and more. Did you notice in this passage, there's all these expanding words, you know, immeasurably greater, you know, far above all, knowing him better. This, kind of, this whole passage is full of this more than kind of push. So what does Paul pray for? He prays firstly that our heart eyes, I'm going to call them, our heart eyes, you know, the eyes of our hearts, may be open to firstly know the hope to which he's called you. Calling, that's a big word, isn't it? This idea that there, there is a life and an initiative from God which pulls us forward after him. As we come to know Jesus, we're kind of pulled God's way, and we we realize that we're kind of part of something big. We're kind of going with the current of His purposes. Big kind of. Uh, I was reading on holiday. I well not on holiday. I read Lord of the Rings every time I go on. The only time I read it, I read it not the whole book, but so 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 far after about five holidays, I've just finished reading book two, the second one of the trilogy when we were in Crete and if you know the, some of you know the story if you know it quite well that second book part towards the end of it or in the middle of it at some point you know they go on the journey don't they when when the fellowship is broken and they go down the river in those elfin boats and and Tolkien has lots of descriptions of them going kind of the, the, the current takes them on and they're, they're being kind of pulled on by the current uh, but, it's been, but there's more than that, and that's the clever thing about it, is that it, it's not just the current that's taking them. There is this sense of mission that they have, that they've got this kind of, although it's gone pear-shaped, they're still in the flow of it. But even behind that, and it's the really, really clever thing about uh, Tolkien, is that he never mentions it, but all through it, there's this sense that there's a bigger purpose, there's a bigger power, there's a bigger something happening uh, in, in the books friend of mine did a phd on that but anyway that's a, and, and there's this kind of uh, assumption that there is a sovereign god and actually even in that story it's something bigger is pushing it all along well i suppose that's the idea paul is saying guys you know god's given us a calling to a hope a future and we need this sense of scale this sense of being part of something and if you like it's more there's more than it's more more than more than this more than you know this life may be great or it may not be great but however it is there's more than this we have this hope this calling to a hope There's God's purpose, purposes God's presence God's salvation in our lives there's more than this there's more than here there's a future with Christ that's coming there is a universe that it's enormous, you know, beyond our what. Which we will, I believe, explore as part of our worship to Jesus for eternity. We've got the universe to kind of stretch out. And you like travelling? Whoo, that's going to be something, isn't it? You know, that whole sense of, of of a new creation that our Lord Jesus has has made and, and, and rules and we'll, we'll somehow be caught up in it with him i don't know how but it's it's big it's big it's more than this it's more than here it's more than now this huge movement that goes forward into eternity this movement of the living god and paul is saying i want you to know jesus better i want your heart eyes to be open to that i hope he's called you that's the first thing second thing he says, i want your heart eyes to be open to know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, what's that mean? Well, it means this: it means God loves His people. He says God's people are like His inheritance, His glorious inheritance. We are precious to Him. That theme goes through the Bible. The old in the Old Testament, the Jewish people are called God's treasured possession. And we are called, we inherit that as New Testament believers along with God's believing people from the past. Jesus told the story, didn't he, about the man who finds treasure in the field. So he buys the field because he wants the treasure. He wants that. He loves it. And there's this image of we're so special. God's people, this community, this... We are... We like his inheritance, his future. you know Have you ever heard that kind of people say don 't touch that that 's my inheritance, or you know some of us think our kids are like that don 't we? we think oh you know he 's my inheritance I hope he 's going to be okay or whatever, or you know some people in other countries they they get stuff and and you know the corrugated uh, the corrugated iron on their on their village house is their kind of inheritance that 's what they 're going to keep for the future but, but, but um, paul is saying god's people are his inheritance they matter so much to him and that's us Uh, or it could be the saying that god is their inheritance whichever way probably means both it means that actually he he loves us there's more you see there's more god being in a community it means it's more than me i'm part of a community of the saints it's more than a, just a community of people to happen to be here tonight or whenever we meet. We are this community that are so precious to God. We're his prize investment. The best thing he, he, he owns, if you like. His best thing. And that includes me and you and it includes but not look at anyone, it's not. there's so few of us here I'm going to say, that includes that awkward saint sitting next to you. Do so, you know what I mean? Or, or, you know, don't look at each other. But, you know, all of us, that, we are all, whoever we are, we are part of God's treasured possession. So that's the saying he wants our heart's eyes to be open to that, what it is to be his treasure in a community that, belongs to him and is so loved by him and then the third thing finally in this is that he he wants our heart eyes to be open to see and know what god's great power for us verse 19 get the idea more than (laughs) more than more than what more than what i can do more than what you can do more than what we can manage (laughs) more than what we've got faith for even more than, you know, how we arrange a building project or whatever. More than our ideas. More than our vision. God has got more than God's great power. It's incomparably great. And it's for us, it says. And that's just amazing. So Paul says, I want you to get to know God better, to know Jesus better, as your heart eyes are open to these three, three things. The glorious hope that he's called you to, that great sweep of his purposes his inheritance, this amazing community that we're part of, that is so loved by God that it's just, as the, as the song says, I couldn't be more loved, is it, than, what's that song? I'm loved as much as I could ever be. That's the phrase, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. New song in my, in my heart, isn't it? is that phrase in there? I'm as loved as I could ever be. Yeah, got that? Yeah. Yes, right. And God's great power for us. Now, how do we get there? How can our heart eyes be open to these things? Well, verse 17 tells us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us to get this. And behind that, behind the Holy Spirit's kind of work in in, in, in opening our eyes and giving us this insight, this sense in our experiences, is another huge kind of reason. And the big, big reason behind it is what? It's the ascension. The Holy Spirit brings us into our heart. All all of these things help us to know Jesus better. Why? Because of Jesus' status as the ascended Lord. So, if you look on through the passage, and ask the question, "Okay, where is this power that you've been talking about, Paul?" That is for us. That I want you to know by having your eyes of your hearts in opened. Where does that power get seen? Well, you hear it. You can see it in verse 19 and 20. It's seen in the resurrection of Jesus. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. But it doesn't stop there. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Lots of people, well not lots, but a number of people have been raised from the dead. Lazarus was raised from the dead. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. The widow of Nain's son, don't even know his name, was raised from the dead. Dorcas was raised from the dead. So the, the issue is not that just that Jesus was raised from the dead, and although that's pretty amazing, but that he's been raised from the dead and he is now at God's right hand. Where he reigns, where he has all power, all glory, all, all, all authority given to him. That's the power that Paul is on about. God placed all things under Jesus' feet. And where is the hope that Paul is talking about here? Where do you see it? Well, you see it in the ascension of Jesus, don't you? Because in Jesus, he's far above everything that stands between you and me and as kind of living in the hope that Paul is talking about. Living in the purposes of God. Living in the, the flow of it. Living in the, with a sense of destiny and with a, a trust in, in, in the present that God is with us and so on. It's all going. What gets in the way of those things? Well, life. Yeah. Authorities. If you're in a persecuted country, the government. You know, the people in uh, the first century, the Roman Empire got in the way of living in the light of those things and what is paul saying about jesus as is he's far above all those things sometimes our fear of the future gets in the way of us living that hope he says god placed all things under his feet and appointing Wait, well, no i've gone too far uh, 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 over everything every title that can be given not only in the present age but the age to come is all under his feet and uh that's where the hope is. And where is this glorious inheritance in the saints going to be finally realized? How do we get that? Well, look at what it says there at the end. The most incri- I just think it blows me away, these, these three words in, at the end of verse 22. It appointed him, Jesus, to be head over everything. What are the next three words? For the church. I, that just, doesn't that, Blow your mind that, that Jesus' whole authority is for the church, for us, for his people, for not just us, but the world church, the church of every, every nation, every, every generation. He is head over all things for the church. See how, how the ascension of Jesus, his, his place as, as, as the king, lord, king, as it were, is, is the root by which we, that what Paul is praying for, in terms of us understanding him better, kind of comes Jesus told his disciples he was going away didn't he in John 14 15 16 and 17 a number of times in fact on remember Maundy Thursday those of us who are here we, we watched it didn't we that all those those and did you notice how many times in those passages Jesus said I'm going away if I don't go away the Holy Spirit won't come but if I go away God will send the comforter to you remember that in john 7 uh john uh, jesus talks about um the promised holy spirit that will come to the disciples john makes this little comment the spirit had not yet been given because jesus was not yet glorified and in acts chapter 2 verse 33 after the day of pentecost or rather on the day of pentecost everyone's peter gives it gives his message what does he say he says to them this exalted to the right hand of the father Jesus has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and poured out what you now see and hear. The ascended Lord pours out the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, who enlightens our, our heart, eyes of our hearts, who helps us to know these things and to live the Christian life, all of that, it kind of flows out of Jesus. Great kind of, it's his great kind of uh, coronation gift, I was going to say, to us to the church because of where he is i just think that's pretty amazing i think the ascension's a wonderful doctrine as i hope you can tell so the spirit opens our heart eyes to know the hope to know the inheritance in the saints to know the power and all of these are rooted in jesus's current and eternal position of exalted king It all comes out of that. And as we pray next week, we're going to be praying, your kingdom come, aren't we? So we are praying to the ascended king, that he will continue to pour out his spirit and enable us to pray in the line of his purposes that his kingdom will come. In any way he wants to do that. That's what we're kind of getting ready for tonight. And we're praying that so that his kingship, that is already seen clearly, as it were, in the heavenly realms, will be expressed and made real on earth. We're praying that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're doing in the coming week. It's a great opportunity, isn't it? And finally, so how do the disciples get all this? They get this through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit himself kind of uh, comes into our lives. And the whole thing is connected to Jesus as exalted king. That's why the Spirit comes. And Jesus as the ascended king demonstrates the power, the hope, the glorious inheritance. But how did the Ephesians get it? Through Paul praying. See that? Verse 15, twice it's repeated, I haven't stopped praying for you. I keep on praying, I keep on asking. And basically this week ahead is a chance for us to keep on asking, to not stop praying, that we may have the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that we may know these things, and that we may just know that that privilege of of capturing, capturing, as it were, or, or feeling the the breath of the Spirit, as, as he blows from the, the throne of Jesus, as it were, in ourselves, as individuals, as families, as uh, a community, just however, whatever the Lord's going to do. I don't know what he's going to do, but I pray that as we pray, we'll see something of of, of of this prayer in Ephesians being answered. So, as we pray into this week about your kingdom come, let's remember that we can pray confidently because... Our king is exalted, and he's far above anything that can get, as it were, between us uh, and the Lord. In fact, between us and anything, really, because he's far above all. And yet he's also the one who, by his spirit, is at work in our lives. What a great saviour we have. Let's continue to praise our exalted king. Thanks, Peter.